Hey, Cheesemosas. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Igby. And we are the Cheeseme Queens. Queens. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cheeseme Queens. And if you are not from South Texas uh, or speak Spanish, Cheeseme means gossip. So we are here with the latest tea, the latest gossip, the latest Cheeseme on Married at First Sight Season 14. Um, today we are covering episode eight, but before that, Igby, hit me with some chisme. Did a better job than I have been the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually some stuff happening in the, uh, Mary at First Sight universe. Um, I know we talked about it last week with Amani and Woody from season 11, I believe, announcing their pregnancy. Literally... Right after we recorded last week, they released a video on YouTube showing their pregnancy revealed to their family and friends. Super, super, super cute. It looks like they found out around the holidays, right before Thanksgiving, that they were in fact pregnant. So they had all these little like gift boxes that they handed out to their family and friends to announce that they are pregnant. Baby is due in June. Oh. Coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, They'll be here before we know it, I'm sure, but it's a super cute video, so if you want to see those reactions, take a look on YouTube. I thought we were going to see maybe a clip of Miles and um, Karen, but I think it was more family-oriented than anything else. Mm. But check it out if that's something you're interested in. Speaking of a former cast members, our good girl Virginia just has to... <laughs> Just has to be in the mix, despite claiming that she has not watched this show since she was on it. She says the last thing she saw was the beginning of a couple's cam. They had a few episodes with her and Eric when they were getting divorced, but it's just so triggering to her that she just cannot bear to watch this show. <laughs> but she can weigh in and give her two cents about the couples and what's going on right now. Uh, she says that people were asking her about the Chris and Alyssa situation. So she just had to let us know in her Instagram stories how she thought uh, things were going based on five second clips she's seeing online. And she's full of shit. You know she's watching. Ex of course. Yeah, she's full of it. But I'm like, who cares what you think anyway? Like, go away. Leave us alone. Yeah, your old news. We're done. But basically her consensus is that she thinks that Alyssa's creeped out by Chris and that's why Alyssa wasn't down. That she like got an ick from him from the beginning and that turned her off completely. Well, you know what? Okay. So I understand getting an ick and being turned off right off the bat, but Chris doesn't, I don't know if he's not disgusting. Like <laughs> I don't see an ick factor anywhere. And she was doing this whole thing about, we're only seeing what the camera shows us. We don't know what's going on when they're alone. And When were they alone? She got the ick right when she saw him. And it's just because she didn't, she wasn't attracted to him, like right off the bat. So her saying that it came off, you know, her, her uh, not trying or whatever was later on down the road. No, it was as soon as she saw him, she stopped trying. Exactly. Ridiculous. But she doesn't know that because she doesn't watch the show. So she didn't, doesn't know that they didn't spend any time together. <laughs> She's stupid. Virginia, go away. Yeah, let it go. How many followers does Virginia have? Too many. <laughs> I'm curious. Let's see. Those injections and fillers aren't going to pay for themselves. <laughs> well, they are if she keeps up this uh, social media following. <laughs> I don't know how she is. 
That's a lot. 63.6 thousand. That's decent. It is decent, but which is interesting because I don't, I just don't find her very captivating or interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. But whatever. Sell your poop tea and flow vitamins. Speaking of Chris and Alyssa, it's officially been confirmed that Ryan and Alyssa do in fact know each other. Mm-hmm. In real life, it looks like the Married at First Sight official Instagram page had um, posts that had like pictures of the different couples. And so people started tagging Ryan in the comments section. Mm-hmm. And we know he likes to be active on the social. So he was replying back to people. Uh, one of the posts, he somebody was kind of talking about how Alyssa is not a good person. And he replied back that he knows her outside of the show. She's not so bad. Wait, that's what he said? Not so bad? Yeah, I know her outside the show. She's not so bad, I promise. That person replied back to him and said, she's not a good person. Sorry. (laughs) Didn't get a bad edit like she claims. Don't let her near your dog. She's allergic. (laughs) Eye roll emoji. (laughs) And then he just replied back with like the cry fate, laughing cry. That's pretty funny. Then another comment where he was tagged uh, says, look out, Houston, Alyssa's on her way at Ryan. And he said, he replied back, excuse me, what? Question mark. And that person replied that she just said that she was moving to Texas. And he said, you know, Texas is a large state. I think she's moving to Austin, more of an equivalent to New York or Boston. So there were the early theories that Ryan was the cowboy she was looking for. And people have been running running with it, especially after this episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Again, I, th- I think we talked about it a little bit. You know, Ryan is Ryan. I don't think Alyssa is, uh, she has no sense of humor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ryan con- constantly jokes. And some of them are not. It's a very dry humor. Yes, I recall. <laughs> uh, dry humor above her head kind of stuff. I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they'd be a good match, but. People have discovered that uh, Steve has a uh, website that he's recently created. And boy, is it something to see. Oh my gosh. If you want to cringe, feel free to head over to stevenmoy.com. That's Steven with a P-H, Moy with a Y. And, um... I don't know what the purpose of this website is. Yeah. He's got these like cringy, douchebaggy looking pictures. Uh, it like lists the activities he likes to do, including photography, coding, basketball, exercise, traveling, and <laughs> hot tubbing. He considers himself a connoisseur. Uh, then it has like links to all of his socials and like a business inquiry email. Okay. Yeah. Um... If this is supposed to be a professional site where he's selling his coding skills, web design skills, photography skills, he's not going to get any business for that. (laughs) But if this is a um, page for his influencing, it's a good page for that. Bingo. Yeah. But if I was looking for someone to create my website, it would not be Stephen Moy off of this website. (laughs) Like, this is where he wants to channel his traffic, his Google traffic, too. I guess. It's, yeah, super cringe. Um, so good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Going back to our old former cast members, 
Uh, Bennett, also from season 11 in New Orleans, appears to have gotten a new puppy. And what kind of puppy? I don't know. They found it. Oh, okay. <laughs> they found it on the street. Street puppy. A little tramp. Yeah. It looks like um maybe like a, like a pit mix. She's cute. Peanut. Oh, I used to have a dog named Peanut. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I had my dog, Sam. We got a second dog. He got her pregnant. And then we had Peanut and Pee Wee. And I think he killed one of them. Oh, no. I know. It was terrible. <laughs> I never knew him to be vicious. <laughs> I know. And then we rehomed the mom and the other dog, the little puppy. Other little puppy survived. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Back to business. Sorry. <laughs> you said what oh, it's kind of mean. I went with it. <laughs> uh, but yes, so Bennett's got this new dog and there's been some kind of speculation if he's with another person. Um, Pete. Pete is his name. Um, so I don't know if this person is a roommate, a potential partner is kind of the thing that's going around because I guess because of the way the comments are worded. Oh, so okay. I'll, I'll read those. Um, so Bennett's post says new dog. Pete and I found this sweet little pup on the streets on Friday night. She had no tags, no chip, and no one has reached out to claim her. We've decided to keep her as our own. We fell in love with our sweet little peanut at first sight. To celebrate, please send photos of you and your cherished canine companion. It, I'll make a fun slideshow about all the special best friends. Um, and then Pete, his post says, proud new co-parent to Peanut. I'm telling you, this dog is going to be legendary. So <laughs> calm, so sweet, so smart. We found her limping around the streets last night, or last Friday night. Her ACL was torn and probably, um, probably during something athletic. Man, really excited for this new chapter. First step, a dog. Second step, a house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Could be why the marriage didn't stick. Might be. <laughs> <laughs> but Might just be, but. As long as everybody's happy. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, congrats. At least Peanut has a home. Yes, a little sweet Peanut. The only other thing I saw was if you would like to be on one of these garbage shows, uh, Kinetic <laughs> Content is now casting <laughs> for a new show. Uh, they're actually looking for married couples. Um, I guess this is going to be kind of like a spice up your life type show. They're looking for people who got married young mm -hmm. and want to like rekindle their marriage and make it fun and exciting like it was in the beginning mm -hmm. so it says we're actively casting couples who are at a crossroads in their marriage and who are open to a once-in-a-lifetime experience what if it was like some love island shit i know i was just <laughs> gonna ask that it was like is it about swapping and stuff like that because that's not how to fix your marriage <laughs> it isn't no. oh like oh let's put your troubled marriage uh in more trouble by putting all these other hot people around your spouse yep it was like do you remember that show where it was like people that were in a relationship and like on the cusp of breaking up and then they had to go stay with an ex for like a night and then they had to decide if they want to go back with the ex or stay with the person they were with what no yeah <laughs> And like, like, like put them up in this like hotel, like total romantic setting, oh, made them oh do like these activities gosh. and stuff. Yeah. To be like, oh, wait, 
maybe I should have should go back to that old thing. Really? Oh, yes. I thought it was gonna be the opposite. Like, oh my god, I love my current person because this person's so terrible. Well, no one. Sometimes it, it could go both ways. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible situation too. Yeah, it's one of those like, why would you sign up to be on this show? Right? You must really want to be on TV really bad. I know, right? Just go couples counseling. Jesus. That's too logical. Because the experts know everything. Yeah. (laughs) There was talk about that too. I guess Dr. Viviana was given a little clap back. I guess she was live tweeting the episode. And when people were calling her out, she was clapping back. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, people have been more vocal the past two, three seasons about how their lack of intervention, um, picking people who are obviously not right for each other, so on and so on and so on. So it, I think she's like, oh, I probably should defend myself because everybody thinks I'm stupid. So, <laughs> But yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> I got a little bit. Bring it. Married at first sight fan who always has the piping hot tea somehow. Somehow. Somehow has stated that the reunion was filmed in LA February 19th through the 20th, so last weekend, and Alyssa was there. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. That's another chick. Yeah. And I feel like she'll, after everything that has gone down, she'll want to defend herself. But because she's all, a good person. Because she's a good person. I loved the vicious edit that she got this, this episode. Mm-hmm. It was great. She pissed off too many producers. That's exactly, I tweeted that exact same thing. Really? <laughs> yes. I said, like, the only good thing about them being in this episode is that she got the worst edit in Married at First Sight history after trying to like come clean because she pissed off so many people <laughs> and like messed up the whole season. That's so funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they probably offered her money to go and uh, yeah, and she wants to defend herself because she knows she looks like trash. Well, you can only use the footage you gave them. Yep. Right. You said what you said. I always say that. So, okay. And another little thing I have, um, Spoiler alert is that someone saw Olajuwon, Katina, and Jasmina at LAX catching a flight to Boston. Olajuwon and Katina are very much still together, and Jasmina was not wearing a wedding ring. Bum, bum, bum. No real surprises. No, not really. Um, but going off of Marinette's first sight fan, another uh, somebody on Reddit has pointed out that the spoilers are very selective when they're leaked. And they think that Married at First Sight fan is actually like a PR kind of team from Married at First Sight that the Lifetime. So that's how they get all the scoop. We said this last season Mm -hmm. that because exactly like the things that they spoil, quote unquote, are, yeah, very specific. And it's like, okay, they're this is what they want us to know Mm -hmm. to keep us hooked in. Yeah. And she can he or she can swear up and down that they're not, but <laughs> it's just, you know, too, too much. Yeah. Specifically. And it, it's too spot on. It's always right. It always pays off. Mm-hmm. You're not fooling me. <laughs> the last bit of uh, cheesement I have is from the Reddit streets and it's hearsay. So it's just heard that Steve is secretly a millionaire. Someone said that he has a house that's worth $1.6 million. According to that, to the person, he wants a wife that will love him 
for him and not his money. So noise kind of failing. <laughs> I told y'all. Because he wasn't, he's not sweating at all. And he, her questions are not making him step back or say anything or be defensive. Nothing. This is a, uh, this is probably, probably true. You probably were right about him uh, mining Bitcoin and being a secret millionaire. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could see it. <laughs> uh, update about uh, La Joanne's, um net worth or whatever. You know, my husband was trying to find his house. He's having a hard time finding the tax information in Boston. So he's still working on it, he says. <laughs> but I will put him on Stephen Moy as well. <laughs> so we can see if this 1.6 million is, is true. When and if we find the tax information of Boston. <laughs> Glad to see our intern is hard at work. <laughs> oh, we just roped your whole family into the whole podcast. Well, you know, <laughs> it is a family affair. The baby's our third co-host. Your husband's <laughs> their intern. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's all the cheese I have. Uh, again, if y'all have any cheese for us, feel free to DM us anonymously. We will just let us know you don't want your name to be dropped or anything like that. And we will take that cheese and share it with the world. Yeah, one of y'all has to know one of these people. Yes, somehow. please. Your co-worker, your cousin. We won't tell them, we promise. <laughs> it's okay if you hooked up with Isaac. It's fine. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Or somebody be like, his name is Olajuwon. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, but classic. Speaking of, why don't we get started? Let's talk about Katina and Olajuwon. Let us. Uh, so the first scene we see is a little small clip of them. Um, it looks like Olajuwon's being a man of his word. He's making breakfast like he said he would. And it's more than Pop-Tarts, <laughs> like we speculated. No, 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 no. I said feed him Pop-Tarts. Uh, Not he make Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I think I said he made the pop. Oh, I said no. <laughs> like he was used to eating peanut butter toast, so I told Katina that she should just make him a pop tart, portable. Step it up. <laughs> well, he's taking it to the next level. He's making brown sugar bacon and scrambled eggs with pepper jack cheese because Katina likes it a little spicy. So it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds... you're doing more than I thought you were. Uh -huh, that sounds real good. I saw a bowl of Cheerios and milk and. <laughs> You actually made something hot and not using the microwave. Good on you. <laughs> so the next scene is we get the like, you know, sexploitation of Olajuwon where he's working out in the park with like no shirt on and like his little shorts. And I'm like, married, married at first sight, lifetime. <laughs> Why do you have to objectify this man? I don't like him, but come on. Side note, when I went to look for the episode on the Lifetime app, I passed the movie section. You know how it's all in alpha order? Mm -hmm. In the first page of the of the movies, all of them started with deadly. So one was like lifetime. deadly garbage. That was one of them. Deadly garbage. Uh, deadly. Is that a killer garbage? I don't man? know. I didn't click on it. It was just like, <laughs> what is this? Can't y'all can't y'all think of any other title? It's like ten titles were deadly in the title. <laughs> They have to make a new movie every week. We don't have time to be thinking about creative <laughs> titles. So sexploitation and crazy weekly dramas. Okay, gotcha. With Deadly in the title. Check. Lifetime. Check. Got it going. <laughs> uh, 
Eventually, he's able to locate a shirt and also his friend, <laughs> Jeff, meets up with him. Uh, Jeff tells him that he's looking really good. He jokes if he's, you know, eating, not eating enough or if he's just working out more. And Olajuwon says he's been putting in the work. He's been working out a lot. Um, in an ITM, he, Olajuwon says that Jeff never guides him in the wrong way. He's a mentor to him as much as he is a friend. Um, he has a wife and a son unfortunately because he's very cute he's the cute friend of this season he's very cute like he got even cuter like later i was like wait yes. a minute hold on is the lighting in the hallway even katina was looking at him like you're cute <laughs> now people were saying he was looking at her like that yeah i agree with that too <laughs> and i too was like why isn't your wife here mm. right because he showed you could have two guests why isn't well she's probably watching the baby bring the baby mm. It's maybe we don't even know if it's a baby. Oh, that's true. Nonetheless, <laughs> our side spinoff show, <laughs> Hot Friend, Hot Friend starring Jeff and uh, Jeron. Jeron. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so again, he says that he trusts uh, Jeff's opinion because he knows that anything Jeff tells him is going to be real and from the heart. So they start talking about how it's going. Olajuwon says that Katina reminds him of himself in so many ways. He recognizes that she has a wild side, but she's more reserved about it because she's a lady. But she's definitely a Dickerson, whatever that means. Uh, they start talking about intimacy in the marriage. Olajuwon says that Pastor Cal gave him the green light to break the ice. <laughs> and Jeff says, okay, that sounds like good advice to him, but Olajuwon is still worried. He says that he feels like he might want he might be the one changed, like you said last week. He's afraid he might start catching feelings. Um, he might start looking at the experiment differently. At this point, he doesn't know Katina's mentality fully. Jeff tells him that that it's not shouldn't really be an issue, right? Because like if he he's always saying this is forever, this is da da da. So don't you want to catch feelings? That's what Pastor Cal was trying to say. Don't you want to love your wife? <laughs> I'm telling you, he's afraid it's going to activate Isaac. <laughs> he's going to like short circuit. And... <laughs> uh, but Jeff tells him that, you know, he needs to kind of get out of his head, just go with the flow because they're married. Uh, at this point, Jeff even laughs and says this is the first time he's ever seen Olajuwon nervous about a, a woman, especially in a sexual sense. In an ITM, Jeff says that it's really surprising to him that they haven't consummated their marriage yet. Olajuwon usually doesn't have any kind of problem with women. In the last 10 years that he's known him, this is the first woman that he's had like a mental block with and is nervous about. <laughs> So maybe she's the one. Yeah. We go back to them talking on the bench and Jeff says that it seems like he likes her a lot. Olajuwon says, yeah, but there's been ups and downs. And Jeff asks if he's gotten or is giving any red flags. And of course, what does it always come back to? Olajuwon says that Katina went to the grocery store for the first <laughs> time and came back with bread and water <laughs> after two hours. What? Where was she going? She probably went and had brunch by herself. <laughs> She's like, I'm full. Uh, <laughs> here, make a peanut butter sandwich. Damn. So at this point, he's questioning if she even has the ability to go grocery shopping on her own. <laughs> he says that her excuse was that she's used to shopping for herself as one person. She doesn't really know how to shop for both of them. And Jeff says that's valid. 
but Elijah tries to call BS. But Jeff is like, well, you remember back in the day when, you know, I was living on my own and I was single. Like we ate out, ordered in every day. You didn't really go grocery shopping like that, like not to fill your pantry or fill your fridge. Mm-hmm. And Elijah like, okay, I guess you're right. But then he also mentions that Katina does those food blogs or vlogs. We need to find her vlog and watch it. Oh, I didn't even think about looking right? for it. Right? <laughs> it just hit me right now. <laughs> we need to watch that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, because I totally had forgotten about them even mentioning it mm-hmm. in the matchmaking special until he said it right then. So it's one, a hobby for her, and two, potentially revenue. Like if she's making AdSense money mm-hmm. off of these videos or posts, uh, yeah, <laughs> you can cook for yourself. Yep. Have some ramen, bye. <laughs> Uh, This is when Jeff tells him that he needs to just stop overthinking. He's psyching himself out, basically, causing himself the most stress out of everything. He also tells him that he has a lot of expectations and that can be a flaw. He needs to understand that people are who they are and you have to take them at that. He has a beautiful woman and she cares about him. So he needs to focus on that. And Elijah says, you know, yeah, he recognizes that she does want to make him happy. And that's awesome. He just needs to get out of his own mind game. So, yeah, I mean, Jeff is spot on saying the same thing. Yeah. Saying the same thing. Pastor Cal is trying to get into mm-hmm. him, but we'll see if that if it lis- if he listens now. Uh, back at the apartment, we have Katina, who's invited her friend Ariana over for a little wind down. Love her friend. Love her. She's a solid. Yeah. So Ariana asks how Mrs. Dickerson is doing these days. <laughs> and Katina says it's like so weird to hear somebody say that. Um, but they toast their glasses and Katina says they're doing good. But Ariana says, well, OK, let's backtrack a little bit since they haven't had a chance to talk at all since everything that's happened. Uh, They go back to the wedding date. First impression. Katina says that she was okay, but mm, as the ceremony went on, she was like, okay, you're cute. I get it. Then Ariana asked her about the Chippendales inspired uh, wedding performance that (laughs) Olajuwon gave. Katina says it was a lot and asked what Ariana thought. And she's like, "Uh, yeah, that was a bit extra. (laughs) But then Katina again turns it around and says, but it was cute and I liked it a lot. So... Even though it was extra, I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. Liar. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Then Ariana goes back into first impressions. And Katina says that when they sat down at the sweetheart table during their reception, the conversation they had showed her that she wouldn't have to be the one to carry. Uh, He was always going to have something to talk about. And she likes that about him. Ariana says that's funny because when we met him for breakfast the day after, he was just going a mile a minute, but it was just a bunch of fluff as if he was trying to get us not to ask him any questions. Anytime there was an opportunity to interject and ask him something, he would just go off on a tangent. So the friends weren't really into that and didn't really know how to Mm -hmm. take it. And then, of course, they show the clip package of him just rambling on and on and on about random stuff that doesn't even make sense. Like saying, I tell her this all the time. All the time when you just met her today. <laughs> what are you, what are you, you're just talking yeah. about. Now we could chalk this up to nerves and to his ADHD, but as we've seen Elijah he is full of shit. So, <laughs> and that's basically, well, she doesn't, she doesn't say that, but Ariana, like you said, says that she's going to, you know, charge it to a long day. Maybe he was yeah, tired. Yeah. Maybe it was nerves. That's true too. Uh, then they go bro to a, another major point. Uh, Ariana says that Olajuwon brought up something about his past and hopefully him and 
him and Katina had talked about it. Um, it's revealed that Katina is the first black woman that Olajuwon has dated. So they show a clip from the breakfast where he's saying this to the friends. You can see Katina's homegirls are like giving the oh shit kind of <laughs> look. And then they ask him why he's never dated a black woman before. And Olajuwon says that he's never found one that was attracted to him. They're all looking at him sideways like, mm, okay. But he continues to say that he wants to, quote unquote, try something new. And her male friend goes or says, trying something new is a minor change. It's like switching up your Starbucks order, something like that. Getting married is a major decision, final. Like the part of you that is available to women is dead now. Like, But did you notice that they cut the, they edited that different from the first time we saw this clip? Because he said that, but it was a totally different conversation. Like they saved this, mm. um, this kind of race issue for this episode. Because he's, I distinctly mm. remember him saying, "Trying something new. This is marriage." Da, 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 da. That was definitely in the uh, earlier episode. I didn't remember yeah. it. I, mm, that'd be something maybe to go back and yeah. look at. See the, these tricky editors. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean Alyssa's not trashy. <laughs> Nonetheless. Olajuwon kind of doubles down and is like, yeah, I'm just trying to try something new. Uh, So we go back to the conversation with Katina and Ariana. And she's just like, Katina is having a full cape session right now. And I do not understand Mm -hmm. why. I don't understand why. She like reiterates that she's the first black woman he's been in a serious relationship with. So to me, that means you're having sex with black women, but you don't take any of them serious enough to date. Red fucking black. (laughs) There is always a why. What is the why? Uh, Then she goes on to talk about how he's half Irish and he has a mohawk. What does his hair have to do with anything? He's black. (laughs) Exactly. And judging by the accent he has, it's not like he got off the first flight from Dublin like (laughs) a couple months ago where he was like living in Ireland where there was a big disproportion in, you know, the ethnic population. So, of course, the odds are he has to date non-people of color because there aren't any Mm -hmm. that's not the case nope i don't understand it like literally i am also half well irish and nigerian exactly like elijah that's true am i black (laughs) yep in america that's what it is period (laughs) but for her to try and justify this exactly i did not understand it not at all it's just like why why (laughs) why are you trying to make excuses for your husband of two weeks like you don't owe him anything this baffled my mind Mm -hmm. um and it made me think well because just like ariana i was skeptical like does your husband know he's black because he seems (laughs) like he could be on some like i'm not black i'm oj type stuff with like (laughs) I'm special from everybody else. I don't see color. Da, 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 da. Oh like, my no, that's, gosh. That's not how this works. And it's a dated reference. <laughs> and I totally got it. Uh, I don't know. I think it's, and also I think it's interesting that the, like we said, what are these experts doing mm-hmm. where if he's never dated a person of color, why would you match him with a person of color? I yeah. Don't mm. I don't get it. But okay. Devil's advocate. It, has he stated that is she the only person he's been serious about ever like has he just been messing around for i don't know how many how old he is like has he never ever had a serious girlfriend they talk about this in an after party oh, okay so we'll 
we'll get to it. Okay. That okay. is a question that is raised. Okay. Um, and then again, I like I was saying before, what's the why? Does he even have any like examples of black women in his life, period? Oh. Yeah. Like but we don't know anything about his family other than he loves his mama. But we don't know where his dad is. We don't know if he has siblings. Exactly. Which makes me think that his dad wasn't around. He does have siblings. He has yeah, at least the brother. The brother who's married to a white woman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly interesting i mean they always say you marry your mother interesting mm. not well i guess not katina case <laughs> hmm. so, it, there's a lot to think about yes. back here yeah especially as a black woman i'm like oh i was already looking at you funny but now i'm for real looking at you funny because <laughs> i don't like the way you're moving yeah oh there's a, a lot of discussion about this too on uh reddit like mm. as far as theories is like especially based on his personality is it like he it's gonna be too much trouble quote unquote like he couldn't be as aggressive or be as you know um i guess demanding of a black woman as he could someone of a different race <laughs> like the personality is too strong yeah so like i'm gonna stay away from that i can say that a, too there was all kinds of stuff all kinds of stuff oh we'll see how it plays out but if i was katina or her friend i'd say wrong and that's what we see in an ITM, Ariana is saying that she's a little bit alarmed that as a black man, he's never dated a black woman. And that makes her feel reluctant for Katina. At this point, she just has to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, they cut back to them talking and Ariana is voicing this concern to Katina. She says that it's a big deal and she wants to make sure that they've addressed it in their relationship. Katina says it's not really a concern for her. They've talked about it and it's fine. She spent two weeks with him already and they've moved past it. Katina says that she values Ariana's opinion um, and knows that she only has her you know, best intentions in mind, but she needs to give Olajuwon a chance to show his true colors and not judge him off the wedding. I don't like it. Mm-mm. So the next scene that we see of them is housewarming party. Um, at first I couldn't tell what like the theme was. Like I know there was a scene of them where they were in the car and they had like a bunch of balloons in the back and I couldn't, they were just gold. Yeah, that's all I thought the theme was, was gold. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like a generic celebration. I know when they were showing Olajuwon coming in with the food, you could see behind Katina a three heart and 21 and the weddings were July 23rd mm. through 25th. So I think it was just their wedding. It was just wedding. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Was the theme. Um. And speaking of the food, of course, I Googled where they got food from because you're not going to show me a lime green and orange bag with no blurred out logos, (laughs) and I'm not going to look it up. So it looks like this party was catered by Shaw's, Mm -hmm. which is a grocery store chain in Massachusetts. We know how much I love a grocery store. I do. (laughs) Uh, So if you were wondering if you need 50 pieces of fried chicken, that'll run you uh, $39.99. What? That's cheap. (laughs) Well, that's why they went there. And that's why he got some extra, you know, so he'll have leftovers. I don't know what his macros are, but I can't eat what he's eating. But I guess that's why he has to work out so hard. Right. And I don't. Uh, so they're doing the old switcheroo where you put the store-bought food on your own plate. So it looks like you did something. Mm-hmm. And we have Katina in a voiceover saying that she's really excited about the housewarming party. She hasn't seen her friends in a minute. And their first impression of Olajuwon wasn't the best. So she wants them to spend some more time with him so they can get to know him for the person that she's met and spent time with. That's very important to her. Uh, 
But right on time, Jeff shows up, invites himself right on in. Door was unlocked, apparently. <laughs> Katina very quickly greets him. And she greeted him by name and gave him a big old bear hug. So I'm guessing, I guess he's a real legit friend. Well, she spent time with him at the wedding. I know that. And they've probably, I don't know, talked a few times when because Olajuwon seems like a needy friend and calls all the time. <laughs> he seems that guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like everybody's friends are always seem like an afterthought on this show. So the fact that she like knew his name yeah. and was like genuinely happy to see him was a change of pace. And also, you know, we've heard they hire people as friends and all kinds oh, of stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jeff comments, you know, how on how good the food looks. Katina takes 100 percent credit like she was slaving over the stove all morning, frying chicken when there's a big ass box sitting on the counter. <laughs> And again, with perfect timing, Katina's friends come in. We have Kara and Nikki. Did you notice Katina like dry humped Nikki when she hugged her? I did. She had like her like leg wrapped all around. I'm like, what's going on here? She missed her. I guess so. <laughs> Don't let Olajuwon see. No, he would, he would be into that actually. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so immediately they get the party started and the Tito's is flowing. You can tell these are young people because who the hell is taking shots of vodka? Mm-hmm. Not me. It makes me lose my voice these days. <laughs> you old. <laughs> I know. Can't can't do it no more. Uh, next, we see an interview in the hallway with Katina's friends. Kara says that she does not like Olajuwon <laughs> based on their meetup uh, brunch the day after the wedding. Her mission at the party is to make sure that he's actually invested in the process. So then we see them sitting down uh, at the dining room table, all the girls. Uh, they're asking Katina how she feels so far and how it's going. She says, um, specifically living with a man because she's never lived with a man before. It's an adjustment. He has such a big personality and it's something, and it's not some, It's not that it's something that she can't deal with. It's just a really big adjustment for her to be married to somebody who's on a thousand all the mm-hmm. time. Uh, then they start talking about the sleeping arrangements and Katina says, neither of them snore. But Olajuwon did catch her talking in her sleep. Did you know that you were the first person that ever told me I talked in my sleep? <laughs> no. You were well, back, back in high school, we went on a school trip, <laughs> an overnight trip, and me and Stephanie shared a room. And she was like, girl, what See, are you the, doing? <laughs> the, the fucked up thing is I talk to you back. I try and mess with you. Because that's what I did with my sister. That is messed up. I know. It's fun for me, though. It's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, even now, like, I still do it. I know if I wake up and my, like, throat is dry... <laughs> probably talking um but nonetheless katina says that one night she was talking so much he like had to wake her up uh and she says it was the night that he was like on her back about cooking and like her friends are joking that like oh you couldn't say it to his face you had to say it in your dream (laughs) then uh they ask her about intimacy and katina confirms that they haven't had sex and they seemed surprised and also kind of disappointed (laughs) But her friends were the ones that were like being all raunchy at the way. They were. <laughs> so I guess they're sad they don't have nothing to gab about. Uh, Katina says that as a couple, they're trying to focus on an emotional connection. And he more specifically needs that, you know, more than she does. And her friend Nikki says, well, I want you to be happy too. And it cuts back to them in the hallway. Kara saying that, or Kara uh, is saying that sex is important to Katina and she doesn't like that Elijah is holding out. <laughs> like, this is your husband. If you can have sex with anybody, it should be him. Yep. What the hell? <laughs> Why are you icing our girl out? 
uh, then we cut back to the apartment over in the kitchen. Olajuwon and Jeff are talking. Uh, Jeff asks how Katina's fitting in. And Olajuwon says it's all good because the Dickersons like to party and they like to drink. And Katina's down for all that. Her personality naturally fits in. So is that, that's the Dickerson way? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you can hold your liquor. That's all he asks for. Don't be sloppy miss, which we know Katina is not. She's a lady. So now the tables turn and Elajuan is with the ladies in the hot seat. Right off the bat, they ask him how it's going in the household as far as Katina being the wife that he envisioned, cooking, cleaning, and all that kind of stuff. Because I'm sure she's probably a bitch to them about mm-hmm. it. Uh, Lajuan says that she has effort. And that's it. Yeah, she's trying. <laughs> uh, they basically tell him that he shouldn't be putting pressure on her to do that. She is trying. And she's doing that because she wants to make him happy. And he says that he knows. But they ask him if they think that Katina is holding back. And he says yes. He says that he's encouraged her to be as open as he is. He's being 100% transparent. So she should do the same. Kara reminds him that he needs to give Katina some grace and patience, you know, as much as she's giving to him. Uh, He also needs to be conscious of his delivery. And he, you know, proves that point about how off his delivery could be because he says, yeah, you know, a lot of people think I'm an asshole, but once you get to know me, I'm an okay guy. I just have strong, strong personality, strong attitude. Take it or leave it, basically. Dick. No, just strong. Uh, So then we see Katina is chatting up Jeff and she asks if he's going to tell her Olajuwon's deepest, darkest secrets. And he says, absolutely not. That's for (laughs) Olajuwon to tell, not me. Uh, Then he asks how she's doing. She says, good. She thinks that they're getting along well and that their connection is strong. Jeff lets her know that in the talks that he's had with Olajuwon, he praises her a lot and, you know, is constantly talking about her and how much she cares for him. Then they start discussing Olajuwon's temperament. She says that she's seen him when he gets frustrated, or when he's throwing a tantrum, and that he tends to get, you know, hot pretty quick. And Jeff agrees that Olajuwon has a short wick, so to speak. Uh, Katina says that she sees that in him, and her remedy for the situation is just to okay it away. That's another red flag. Like, if your partner is so explosive that in a moment you can't say what you need to say or express your own feeling. You just have to shut down and be like, okay, okay, okay. And just take it. No, that's that's not good. But Jeff says, yeah, that's what you should do. (laughs) Elijah might be more aggressive than he would be, for example, but she just needs to stay calm in the situation and don't take it personal. Once he cools down, he'll realize he was the one being foul. The best thing to do is just step back, take a moment and have a breather. Uh, Then we see Jeff in the hallway with his beautiful lighting where he just looks like a snack. (laughs) And he says that he thinks Katina is awesome. Uh, You know, she really understands Olajuwon and is really being patient with him. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it for them in the episode. The only other part, we see a very small clip where I guess Katina has learned to properly grocery shop and needs Olajuwon to help her take bags upstairs and we see him come out of the building and he tells her he has a surprise she wanted a man closer to michael b for bay jordan so he went ahead and got rid of the mohawk so you know he takes off his hat his little do-rag you see he's got a little fresh caesar going on his waves are coming in we're not seasick yet but we're getting there (laughs) he's got his brush like chicago from poetic justice and she's just eating it up with a spoon she she loves it does she okay 
because I, I was I, I didn't seem genuine at the beginning to me. He's like, oh, oh, you got your hair cut. I'm like, mm, you're still not Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> never, never could you even think about it. That also makes me wonder what he thinks about her hair. Yeah, he's not used to her hair, her kind of hair. Her wig. Her wig. <laughs> and she does not wear her bed hat, quote unquote, <laughs> like Jasmina. I don't know. That's another another road to Nappy. She should. I know. It just, it's important. I'm agreeing with you. She should. As a person that wears bed hats, she should. <laughs> But yeah, that's Katina and Olajuwon for this week. Did you see next time on with them? Yeah, why are you making her cry? I know. Poor Katina. She's such a, um, she just seems like a good person to me. Like, I, there's, I don't know what you could get mad at. Like, I like genuinely don't, like a reasonable thing to get mad at. Groceries is not a reasonable thing to get mad at. Yeah. Cooking is not a reasonable thing to get I'm mad at. I'm trying to remember what he was saying. He was talking to her about he needs to know her as a woman or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like she has to be like at a certain standard as a lady before he even thinks about love with her or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because in another scene he was saying like love is not on the table at all. Yeah. But you already yeah. said you love her. Right? So what the hell? <laughs> You're all in, supposedly. He just be talking so much, he don't even know what he said. For real. Ciao. <laughs> Let's go to another confusing couple. Steven Noy. <laughs> why is everybody fighting about the dumbest <laughs> stuff? For no, like, why is this a fight? Why? Right? I, here's what I want to know. What has triggered Noy to be this bad? You know what I mean? Like, has he asked her to consistently buy whatever they need to buy? Has he not bought anything for the household? Because that's the only thing I could think of that would trigger her in a way. Like, can you buy all the housewarming decorations? Thanks. They didn't even have any. They didn't have any housewarming decorations? No, not really. Well, the food or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing I think would trigger her is like, oh, I'm not paying for our whole household. That's not what I signed up for. I signed up and for I mean, a partnership. It's not even that because we know production pays for all this stuff. That's true too. Yeah. They probably have a per diem. <laughs> exactly. They do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know either. <laughs> well, we get a small little clip of Steve getting a pooper scooper. He's not going to be touching sushi's poopoos. <laughs> called it. He's got, you did catch it. Yeah, you called it and you got it. Um... The next thing we see is Noi working from home. Steve is getting up late, looks like, <laughs> later than a work day. <laughs> He's rolling out and offers to make Noi some uh, breakfast. And uh, they have like a little small talk about her job and how much work she has to catch up on and whatnot. Steve knows that Noi is uncertain and uncomfortable with the fact that he doesn't have a job. So he's making a big effort to and making it a point to do more around the house to make her feel comfortable. So they sit down to some delicious omelets. Those omelets look good. You're already (laughs) bothering me at work. What? (laughs) I know she did seem a little grouchy about that. They start talking about how the cooking was uh, growing up for them. And and then they start talking about the housewarming. Uh, Steve asks Noi what traditional Laotian dishes she would like to serve at the party. And she says sticky rice, papaya salad, and larb. 
Steve wants to have a Chinese dish as well, but he doesn't really have any in mind. And an ITM, Noise says that cooking and family gatherings were a big deal in her family. It was some of her best childhood memories, and she's interested to see how their two cultures will come together in the future. Steve then brings up the Pastor Cal visit and says he was caught off guard with her uncertainty about his self-employment. And she says that she's thinking more of along the lines of long-term situation, so like kids and the house and whatnot, and that's what makes her nervous. He tells her that just because he doesn't fit the regular definition of being employed doesn't mean that he's not taking care of his responsibilities. He's choosing to develop himself, uh, working on their marriage, and not working a nine-to-five. He wants multiple sources of income. At this point, Noi asks where she fits in there. He tells her that he has savings and that in a marriage, they need to be on the same page. And he wants her support, but he understands that that can only happen if she understands him as a person. And that's what he's trying to do. In an ITM, Noise says that she loves that he's passionate and wants to live life on his own terms, but she needs to see action behind the words, and that's what scares her. She wants a game plan. Noise tells Steve that she has always worked. She's never been without a job, and their situation right now is unnerving. And that's the end of their little breakfast scene. She, yeah, the honeymoon is officially over for them. <laughs> she says, I need to see a too ASAP. Just a flash of the bank account would be good. I mean, she was so freaking giddy on the honeymoon and so in La La Land and saying she's falling in love with him and total 180. Maybe that, you know, that time the market was low and his coin wasn't doing so great. So he couldn't show her. (laughs) I'm thinking she turned off as soon as she saw the LED lights turn on. I can't wait for them to make their appearance at the new place. <laughs> so the next scene, you see them, they're getting ready for their housewarming party. And they start talking about chicken feet and how their friends thought it was weird that they ate chicken feet growing up. Like, he's like, when did you find, when did you figure out that it was weird for everybody else? As a person who has opened a pot and found chicken feet. <laughs> yeah, no. I have never seen or eaten um, chicken feet. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like the goat that was my friend until it was food. <laughs> until it was not your friend. <laughs> and to this day, I know the smell of roasted goat. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd try goat. It's I'm traumatized. <laughs> the smell. I can smell it now. <laughs> Ew, ah. Uh, yeah, don't go to the ranch with your parents. <laughs> And an ITM, Steve says they're both making food from their respective cultures. He's excited for their friends to come together and meet and to see each other outside of just the two of them. And in Noise ITM, she says she's super nervous. Her friends are super protective and she's a little concerned. They will ask him some really tough questions. I don't see that, do you? Her friends just seem so giggly and bubbly. Now, if Sriracha (laughs) was there, maybe. I would be worried for Steve at that point. Yeah. She was busy this day. <laughs> She's got her own shit going. Exactly. <laughs> Steve and Noy's friends arrive. Steve friend asked Noy if she, if Steve is what she envisioned. She said that she purposely tried not to envision anything and just came into the experience with an open mind and heart. When she saw him on the wedding day, she was instantly relieved. Steve said he expected the wedding day to have some like awkward moments but it was really effortless with Noi. 
Noi's friend said, says that she was excited when they got Noi's gift from Steve. They both got each other journal scrapbooks. Lame. I know. <laughs> Noi said the book was the same size as hers, that the one that Steve gave her. So she thought that he was giving it back. <laughs> That's hilarious. One friend asked if Sushi is going to have a sibling anytime soon. It's like, that seemed like a forward question in my opinion, but... Steve said they haven't really discussed the time frame uh, with children, but they have discussed uh, uh, how many. It's a hard three for Noi. And then they show the clip from Pastor Cal's visit. Steve says he wanted two, but he's open to three. He doesn't mind the number, but he minds that there's no flexibility or open-mindedness uh, about the situation. It's like, ooh. He's got a point. Yep, he sure does. She's not flexible at all with that. At this point, the friends say that they have a lot of questions for him, and then they split into their their groups and grill each other's friend. Steve is talking with the two friends. One asks what the future for them looks like in his mind. And Steve says it's not his mind, it's both of them, because they've already had these conversations already. The big one is kids. Having a wife and children is really important to him. And then Noi is sitting with Steve's friend, and one of them says that, Everything can't be as great as they're making it out to be, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> they're like, no, no, no. What's the real tea? <laughs> so Noi brings up the fact that Steve's not working. And long term, how are they going to house and feed their children? She wants to know how Steve is going to show up for her. She doesn't know his plan. The friend is trying to be comforting saying that Steve has a great network. At his job, for example, they're hiring sales engineers all the time. Now, in Noise ITM, this is not a comforting fact to her whatsoever. She says it's alarming. <laughs> she says it's alarming that Steve has this network. People want to employ him, and he's making the choice not to be employed. <laughs> Hello, like, who wants to work? Right, girl, let this go. It's not like he's... <laughs> poverty exactly if i had the choice not to work if i didn't want to i wouldn't yep <laughs> nobody likes their job that much come on back with steve her friends bring up noise immigrant background and how they struggled financially and they know he doesn't have a job so noise doesn't want to be primarily responsible for finances steve says it, it's not even going to get to that point they have to make a plan. You know, there has to be another way. Steve, uh, in his ITM, says it's hard when people, when the person you're with doesn't believe in you or has doubts about who you are as a person and possibly will never accept you. He wants to be with someone who believes in him and sees him for who he is. He's adventurous, but he can still provide what they need. He wants a spontaneous lifestyle. Otherwise, this may not work for him. And that's where they end that housewarming scene. And then we get to Noodlegate. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The dumbest fight ever. It is the dumbest fight. You know, there's more behind it, but she's being ridiculous. So it sounds like Steve has been, you know, true to his word since he's not employed, um, like how she wants him to be. He has taken on that kind of house uh, management role, right? So he's been cooking and, and cleaning and whatnot. So Noi has uh, decided that she wants to cook for him and she's going to start with dinner. So she's cooking noodles. Her noodles are gluten-free, his are not. And she's boiling the noodles. 
He kind of is peeking in on her uh, off and on throughout this process. He goes to the bedroom. He comes back and checks on what's going on in the kitchen. And his noodles are overdone. She gets pissed about him criticizing her cooking. She grabs sushi and she leaves. He texts her multiple times. She never responds. Uh, Later on, we see that Steve is on the phone with his friend saying if she's going to respond like this over pasta, how is she going to respond when they have children? Valid. Like valid. And, you know, turns out she didn't come back that night either and has never responded to his texts or calls. In a diary cam, Steve says he doesn't know what to do. He would apologize, but she doesn't answer the phone. He's going to continue to reach out to her and hopefully they can work things out. When... You should have locked the top lock. <laughs> right? Pull a Jose. When Noif... I'll teach you to stay out. <laughs> when Noi finally comes back, they sit down on the couch to chat. In an ITM, Noi says she went back to the part. Oh, she never went back to the apartment. She doesn't know what to do because she's still trying to process what happened. But she knows they need to have a conversation, but doesn't feel doesn't want to say anything she can't take back either. Steve tells her that he didn't know what was wrong when she walked out. He had to guess that it was over the cooking thing, but it's been 24 hours and she can't leave him hanging like that because they're married. He woke up expecting a text or something, but what he saw was a social media post that he thought was directed at him. And here's what the social media post says. Learning to say, nah, this is just not good enough, will enhance your life greatly. You're allowed to say, this is simply not enough for me. You're allowed to have a vision for yourself, your life, your relationship, and refuse to settle for anything less. Say no often. Noi says that it was the first time she cooked for him, so his comments were off-putting to her. Instead of saying thank you, he was just rude to her. This isn't the first time he's made comments to her, and it triggered her. She shuts down when she gets upset and doesn't like to talk right away. She needs space. She says she wa- he wants her to process conflict like him, but she's not like him. Steve says there's a healthy and unhealthy way to communicate. Her walking out and ghosting him is unhealthy. She needs to communicate that she's upset and that she needs space. Um, but he would also like the opportunity to tell her you know, what he has to say as well, not have to wait 24 hours to speak. Her posting their business on social media is also not healthy or acceptable. Posting that their relationship is not working while not talking about it with him is also not working. And he, you know, he was even willing to apologize for upsetting her. But his family, but now his family and her and friends follow her on social media. And when they come to him and ask what's up, he has to tell them that she's upset over pasta. Do you think that's okay? She says, yeah, I probably shouldn't be sharing with the public. And he says, definitely. You definitely shouldn't be sharing their problems with the public. And then she makes a face. What do you think about this? This is like out of left field, I feel. Like what else has transpired for her to act so weird? Exactly. And they talk about this too on After Party. Um, Yeah. Like to leave over pasta. Yeah. And like, and it's not even like you messed his food up. You still got to eat. <laughs> but it's also maybe if it was the other way around, I could yeah. See. But it, it's also like we we hear the dialogue. Like he doesn't raise his voice. He's not. He he's a little rude about it. But it's not like he's aggressive or threatening in any way. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. 
and the fact that he didn't even know why she was mad like he it didn't even register exactly. to him that he that this was an argument that they were having <laughs> until she was yeah, walking out the like, door what's going on yeah you're mad that you ruined my noodles <laughs> exactly so there has to be more to this and then her saying that this is not the first time he's made comments to her. Well, what were the other comments? What have, what else have they been fighting over? Because all we've seen so far is them being happy as clams. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. Well, yeah. And the whole job thing, it's like beating a dead horse. He's already told you he has money. He can pay for things. He has, he's working Mm -hmm. on creating more sources of income for your family. So why aren't you trusting him? She needs a W-2. (laughs) Fine. Oh my gosh. Anyway, let's move on. How about, um, what do we have? Jasmina and Michael. Mina and Michael. I don't know. They're a nothing burger. Pretty much. At least they're getting along. So... This week, well enough at least. So Michael is going to visit his sister Claire to get some advice on his I marriage. Love yeah, I was like, she's a real one. She's talking some actual sense for once. I know. I saw a meme. Is like, can we replace the experts with Claire? <laughs> <laughs> Might as right? well at this point. Um, again, I was surprised how small Michael is. <laughs> Why are you surprised every week? I don't, I guess I forget. And then he stands next to something and I'm like, oh, because, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Michael says that he and Jasmina have had a rocky start to their marriage. But after the visit from Pastor Cal, um, you know, that helped. And they're just trying to figure out their communication still. So that's why he's meeting with his sister. He's trying to see if she can offer any insight. So they take a seat and start talking. Michael says that he's still tripped out by his ring. Like, he can't believe he's a whole (laughs) husband now. And Claire says she can't believe it either. Uh, But what's really going on? And Michael says, you know, is it written on my face? And she says, yeah, basically. (laughs) So what's going on? He starts off by saying that the wedding was beautiful. It was everything he imagined. Then they fly out to Puerto Rico. Everything's cool in the beginning. But then they started to have some conflict. And then... They show a flashback of their weird non-fight fight. The fight over fighting. <laughs> yeah. Then he, he says once they got back and met with Pastor Cal, they started over and are now putting in, um, you know, work, but they still have a long way to go. Claire says that Michael needs to understand that the two of them don't know each other. To her, he's just some guy. Claire recognizes that Jasmina is a strong woman, so during this process, she's going to have to be vulnerable and super open in a way that she has never been before. As a woman, if you feel like you're being too open or too out there, you know, if it gets too much, you can immediately put a wall up. And Michael needs to recognize that he doesn't know her past. He doesn't know what she's been through before. He doesn't know what kind of trauma, scars, whatever is going on. So Michael says, okay, then what do I need to do? Uh... Claire says that Jasmina needs to put trust into Michael and that's hard to do with someone, you know, you don't know like that. Don't be offended by her actions. Just understand that she's protecting herself the best way she can because she doesn't have trust in him yet and she doesn't know him. It's not that she doesn't trust him. It's that he hasn't earned it yet, basically. That's a perfect way to put it. Like, I think Claire did just a great job of articulating it to the T. You know, I, it's not... And that's off of her meeting Jasmina one time, you know? Yeah. Uh, but 
really communicating it to Michael where he can understand. He's picking it up, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's coming back mm-hmm. to trust. So maybe telling bold-faced lies is not the way to <laughs> I also start think that. it's really funny that he didn't tell Claire that, and neither did Jasmina. Mm-mm. I was like, somebody. Because you know she would have tore him up. Exactly. <laughs> Next, we get a small scene of them um, starting to plan for the housewarming party. We find out they're going to have a taco-themed event. We see them go to the fish market. They're going to get shrimp and salmon. We got a seafood taco situation. I'm not mad. Me neither. That sounds amazing. I could go for that right now. Yeah, same. Uh, In the market, we see Michael reenact their wedding with some lobster. (laughs) He's so awkward. (laughs) And that's how Jasmina is looking at him like, uh, okay. But... Nonetheless, they get their little seafood. She looks super cute. She had the cute little two-piece polka dot. Yeah, she always looks super cute. Love it. I said she's my Rachel for this season, the person that's dressing like they're on fucking television and everybody can see What? Them. You don't like Lindsay's tutus? <laughs> she wore another one this week. Anyway, uh, we go to another scene where Jasmina is looking cute. I would have never thought to color block like peach and purple, but it's working. Well, she also has that, like, beautiful skin. Also that. amazing. Anyway, hate her. Love her. (laughs) Uh, She's going to visit her friend, Sam, who has been with her fiancé for eight years. So Jasmina thinks that she'd be the perfect person to ask for advice regarding communication, just like Michael did with Claire. Uh, So Sam asks her if it feels different post-wedding. Jasmina says that the wedding was so nice and it was beautiful. That night, it seemed like they had so much in common, but once they were on the honeymoon, everything took a turn. She said they had a difference of opinion, and he took a tone with her that she did not like. She had to let him know, you know, that's not cool. And then fast forward to visiting his apartment, she finds out he has a female roommate. And then she (laughs) finds out he not only has one female roommate, but two. So as far as trust goes, it is not there at this point. Sam tries to, you know wash over it and say, well, maybe he knew it wasn't a good look having a female roommate, but didn't realize it was going to look even worse withholding that information. Uh, Sam says, okay, this was confusing okay. to me. Sam says they need to talk. Communication can only happen when you communicate. <laughs> she kept saying like communicate like over yeah. and over. Communication is the key to communication. <laughs> yeah. You actually have to talk. The better you are at expressing and communicating with the other person, that'll improve your communication. Basically, just talk. Talk it out. Talk, 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 and then you'll be better. Right. Uh, She says that conflicts are going to arise, but that's part of being in a relationship. Uh, Maybe next time, if there is an issue, try to go about a different solution. Jasmina says that her point is that he thinks he's always right. And Sam says, well, that kind of sounds like someone I know. And Jasmina is like shocked. She's like, what do you mean? I don't do that. And Sam says, I've known you for four years. And that's exactly how you are. (laughs) They might not be friends after this. (laughs) Jasmina says that she can admit when she's wrong. And Sam says, okay, you can, but you don't very often. But Sam, that's because Jasmina isn't wrong very often. She's always right. (laughs) Uh, But that's a scene with them. Next, we see that it's time to actually have the party that they went shopping for. It's really cute. They've got all their little cute taco decorations and balloons. Now, they, they actually decorated. Yes. Like, they had the cups and the 
streamers and balloons and like yeah, they, they did, did it up as opposed to like Steve and Lloyd. They had a bowl of ring yeah. pops. Yeah, they had a to- they had a total theme and made of their own food. Yes. So, oh, speaking of the margarita glasses and cups, uh, Michael could definitely make me a drink. Yeah, he's got a heavy hand. I love it. <laughs> margarita sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So he's putting like the liquor into the blender, and Jasmine is like, uh. <laughs> it's like you want to slow up there, bro? Freaking bottle. <laughs> But then we find out he was actually, he wasn't making margaritas. He was using the blender as a measuring cup for rum that he put in the punch bowl. Uh, but nonetheless, I'll take two <laughs> because he says they're going to sleep good tonight after that. <laughs> after a couple of those, they're going to be good to go. Um, at that point, he's asking Jasmina about the plan for entertainment for the evening. She says uh, she has BTS Uno. They could play that. <laughs> and of course, he like makes a face. Uh, then he goes on to warn her that he's super competitive. And she says, okay, that's cool. So I just got to beat your ass one time. So, you know, I'm not going to be played with (laughs) because I too am here to win. They were cute here. (laughs) Yeah. They were just joking around and being playful with each other. Um, That's when he asked her, you know, what she or how she would feel about setting up this housewarming party if they hadn't talked to Pastor Cal. And she's cutting up fruit and she like holds up the knife and she's like, huh? (laughs) So... They're able to laugh and joke about it now, which is good. Yeah, it could have been a very uh, Zach and Michaela situation where they almost didn't have a party. Oh my gosh. I've blocked Zach and Michaela out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you just, they use the word trigger so many times in this episode. You just triggered me. Sorry. Bigby. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Zach. Not Zach. <laughs> Michael. Says that he's definitely happy that they got over the little bump before this event because it could have been really weird, uh, you know, for their family and friends to come over and they have all this tension. But Jasmina says that they're good for now. Uh, It could be better, but she has hope that they'll get where they want to be. So then we see Sister Claire at the door and like the good guest, she has not one but two bottles of wine with her. That's what we like to see. Uh, Then we also see two of uh, Jasmina's friends come in as well as Mr. Feeney. He's joined the party as well. I love Mr. Feeney. He's so cute. He's cute. I didn't know he was a noodle doodle. I didn't either. Um, but they all belly up to the bar and Jasmina proposes a toast. She thanks them all for coming to the housewarming. They, you know, I'll say cheers. They take a sip of, you know, Michael's magical concoction <laughs> and he's asking <laughs> them what the verdict is. They say it's good. 7.5. So he's like, well, what do I need to do to make, you know, make up those extra points? And, uh, one of the friends says that it needs to be more balanced. And he's like, oh, it should be stronger. <laughs> and Jasmina tells him that he was trying, tells them that he was already trying to put the whole bottle into the punch. Like she had to remind him that people have work tomorrow. So I'm guessing this is like Taco Tuesday. We can't be getting drunk. Uh, right? Then they decide to play charades instead of BTS Uno. I know. Damn. Side note, I played charades and Uno this weekend. My my little nieces didn't know what milking a cow was. I'm like skiing. <laughs> They're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> That's the point. Lovely. You're supposed to get. <laughs> uh, so it cuts to uh, scenes of both of them saying how competitive they are when it comes to games, and then they actually start playing. Um, and they show, of course, a little montage of the friends guessing and keeping track. Uh, but once Michael starts losing, they don't need to keep score anymore. It's just a game for fun. 
He's not really thinking about winning or losing. It's just about having a good time, guys. But Jasmina's girls call him out for having a loser's mentality. <laughs> I will say this. Jasmina and her best friend reminded me of me and you when we played that game. What was it? Buzzword. And it was like at some party. I don't know what. And we kept guessing each other's answers. And then people are like, all right, y'all need to stop being <laughs> I was like, she just gets me. <laughs> so I was like, yep. When your friend's that long, you can yes, just no. read each other's minds. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> they kind of take a turn at this point and they get a little bit more serious. They start asking questions. So they're asking them how the marriage is going so far. Jasmina says that it started off really good at the wedding, but the honeymoon had a lot of ups and downs, like a lot of downs. <laughs> uh, but since <laughs> Pastor Cal came and whipped them back into shape, They've decided to wipe the slate clean and start over. Things have been fine since then, which is good. Uh, Sister Claire asked Jasmina for a tour of the apartment as an excuse to, you know, get her away from the group and they can start interrogating each other. Um, They go into the bedroom. They start making fun of uh, Michael not knowing about decorative pillows, as most (laughs) of us women folk do. The bed is like piled full of pillows and he just thought he just laid on all of them <laughs> just lay on the top <laughs> like no you can take them off it's fine i once had a house guest who was um watching my dog and i come in and the bed is made exactly how how i left it and i was like did you not sleep in the in the bed and he said that he didn't know how to make a bed so he just slept on the couch like what <laughs> i know who this person is and i am not surprised <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Oh my god. But yeah, if that's just a sample of the male uh, population, I'm not surprised by Michael's behavior either. Uh, So we get an ITM of Claire and she says that she thought there was going to be tension in the apartment today. So it's nice that they're still joking and playing around and, you know, in a good place. She's hopeful about their union in general. You know, she wants this to work out for her bro. But we go back to them talking in the bedroom and Jasmina says that she really does like Michael. He's sweet, kind, and a gentleman, which is amazing. Claire lets Jasmina know that Michael isn't aware of this. He's still (laughs) on the fence about whether or not Jasmina even (laughs) likes him. And, you know, it's kind of crappy that he feels that way. Like, nobody wants to be in limbo, especially in a relationship. Like, are we or aren't we? Um, Jasmina says she feels bad about making him feel that way. She wasn't even thinking about saying nice things about someone who was putting her in a negative space at the time. Uh, So she was just really annoyed with his behavior on the honeymoon. And so granting him a compliment wasn't at the top of her mind at that point. Um, Claire says that she thinks... Jasmina and Michael are a good match. She's the type of woman that Michael needs because she stands her ground and that's important. It's important for him to have a strong woman by his side as well. Jasmina says that she knew why they were matched the first day. Again, she brings up that they have so much in common. It's like, what? I don't know. But she says this several times in this episode. I don't know why. Um, Jasmina thinks that she just needed to let go of some of her stubbornness and get out of her own head. Claire says that right now, it's the trial and error period. As long as you're recognizing any mistakes and moving forward, you should be good. She says that Michael has a very big heart and it doesn't take a lot to break it. When he's in it, he's in it. His heart is open and he's giving everything that he has. See, but we really haven't seen that at all. All we've seen is them like nitpicking and bicker at each other. 
We haven't seen this big open heart or he hasn't made any kind of grand gestures or fully apologized for him being in his head or anything like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the living room, Michael is talking to Jasmina's friends, Carol and Cassie. He says that he's sure that they're aware of what's been going on. Um, He says that something he's struggling with is figuring out what to do the next time they have some type of conflict and, you know, how to maneuver that. He asked them if he should give her space. Um, he doesn't want to be overbearing or do too much. Uh, does he need to try to talk to her? You know, he's just trying to get any kind of information he can from them about what he should do in that type of situation. And Cassie tells him, don't default to giving her space. It would be better for him to be patient and listen. Ask her questions like, where did the disconnect happen? Or what is it that I said that set or did that set you off? Figure out where the first initial problem started and then work from there. She says that Jasmina can let things build up forever <laughs> and it can go so far that you don't even remember why you originally started fighting because now it's just yeah. piled on and piled off so much. Uh, she says that it can get to a point with Jasmina where the point of the fight is just to be petty, not the actual <laughs> issue. Her friend says that you need to really attack the issue at the heart because if you let her, Jasmina will go back and forth with you all day just to be petty. So you got to, you know, cut it off at the net. And that's their advice for him. And that's what we saw from them this episode. It was a positive um, episode for them. I don't remember the for the next time on with them. Mm, Nothing is coming to my mind. All right, let's go to the final couple. It's the final couple because we are not covering Alyssa and Chris because it's like, oh, here, I can cover it. Alyssa says the same thing and that she's a good person. And then Chris says the same thing and that he's sad over the whole situation and didn't work out. But um, yeah, that's it. She's moving to Texas. No, she's not. <laughs> told her she's not allowed. We told y'all last week, stop coming here. Anyway. Yeah, they didn't have much going on for them, so and we were, you know, tired of covering them, so we were not covering them. So wait, I would just like to give a shout out to um the editors this week who did a fantastic job <laughs> editing the Chris and Alexa yes. segments and making her look like absolute tea rash. <laughs> like they did her so dirty, Ooh. but like we said before, they can only show what yep. you give them. So like literally it was just like night and day between the both of home both of them it was like, so great it was so great just total contradictory Congrats, producers and editors y'all are earning your paycheck that is wonderful wonderful editing <laughs> for once oh man so let's get to mark and Lindsay. okay at the beginning of this episode what is she feeding him in that jar and he says it's oily and gross and stop sticking things in his mouth i thought it was, thought it was um Grape leaves. Stuff oh, I grape don't leaves. know what that is. Oh. Greek. Oh, no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, he didn't like it. <laughs> I don't... Uh, the man who only eats burgers and... And he uh, ate a taco? He ate a taco? <laughs> How was that? Time. How old is he? He's gone his whole life not eating a taco? Not even Taco right? Bell. Mm-hmm. Anyway, did you notice that when they're introducing Mark's segment where he's playing catch with his friend, there's a song going on? And it says, I gotta keep to, <laughs> I gotta learn to keep my mouth shut. That was the song. I, you, you know, I love the music <laughs> on these shows because I'm like, who, what royalty free 
what in the world he free is this like what is happening like, oh man that's hilarious i thought you were gonna say that his mitt was on the wrong hand oh i didn't was... even notice i was just really concerned about grown men playing catch like is this a thing well no because they don't hand even know which hand yeah that's, that's weird <laughs> anyway he's playing catch with his friend and um of course i didn't write down his friend's name because i don't really care um <laughs> his friend asks what he likes most about being married mark says coming home to someone and just chilling out that is like his favorite thing watching a movie eating snacks just relaxing Lindsay has even made a, a, a point to you know just constantly be there and available for mark and uh, and and his mother as it turns out she made an appointment for his mom because his mom hasn't been seen by a doctor in a whole year, which is troubling since she has such severe depression, it sounds like. Um, but yeah, so Lindsay's on top of that, which is great. Uh, Mark says he's never had a significant other help with things like that or things that were like piling on his plate and he hasn't got to. His friend says that Mark is the first one to fall in love and say he's in the relationship. Does he feel that way with Lindsay? And Mark, it's a definite no. <laughs> It's a quick no. He says she's caring and loving, but the first impression of her was like all over the place. They have a lot in common, but there's another side to her where she says inappropriate things and it makes him super uncomfortable. At this point, they flash back to all the times that Lindsay just plain old nasty. So there's the altar. Um, there's the, when they're taking pictures at the wedding, the scene at the catamaran, you know, she's just gross. She's very comfortable in her skin uh, and says what she wants to say and does what she wants to do, but he would never, ever do or say any of the things that she has done. So it's, it's pretty bad. His friend asks if he, if she, if she embarrasses him and he doesn't say yes or no, but he says that there was an incident on the plane where, you know, of course we all know what happened on the plane and Mark continues and says that Elajuan gave Lindsay a lot of outs before getting super upset with her. He knows that she comes from a good place and people who know her knows that she comes from a good place. But all these moments don't make him grow and he wants them to stop so he can see if they can connect because he's not there yet. He's not there and he just can't say anything to to make her stop doing what she's doing in an itm the friend says that mark didn't expect to not be the person who falls first because that's how he has always been in past relationships it's not how he expected uh, the whole marriage to be going but he needs to take that leap of faith and say what he needs to say and not be scared of how she reacts they go back to them playing catch and mark says that her saying all of these things is a big turnoff for him it's not what he wants in a wife. If this was a normal situation, he would be out. Don't blame him. <laughs> Don't blame him. Bingo. You would have one date to act like this. And yeah. Probably be ghost after I that. wonder how many first dates Lindsay has been on. <laughs> or I wonder, I wonder how Lindsay is on a first date because his friend seems to think that she's awesome because she was completely normal when interacting with them. Um, at that uh, brunch after the wedding day. Like they were all like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. she's great. She's a lot, mm -hmm. but she's great. So she can definitely turn it off and not turn it off, but dial it down. Like when does the real Lindsay show up? Next scene we see them is the housewarming party. In an ITM, Lindsay says she loves to host. 
Mark has pulled way, way back since the honeymoon. The theme for them is make your own pizza. They can try each other's pizza and she knows her husband loves pizza so that she thinks it's a perfect theme. Yeah, I saw somebody on Reddit was like, or maybe it was on Twitter, like said, yeah, just what I want. Homemade pizza in a house with five cats and bed bugs. <laughs> I didn't Yum. even think about that. I'm thinking it's pandemic time. I don't want to eat other people's germs and stuff. I don't want also other that. a lot of fingers in my food. So, but that's just me. In an ITM with Mark, he says he thinks this is going to be fun. Maybe. <laughs> It'll be fun to see their friends, but he never knows what to expect from Lindsay. Then they cut to them playing a game, Mayhair Madness, but it just, it doesn't, it seems like some other board game that they're playing. I don't think there's... It's a Trivial Pursuit. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Because of the, the cards, yeah. She just rebranded the game. <laughs> so they don't get sued. There you go. In an ITM, Lindsay says, seeing their friends get along is a dream come true. You are the company you keep, and so far, all of Mark's friends are lovely. Mark's friends are making pizzas with Lindsay. The female friend asks how things are going now that the honeymoon is over. She tells them that it was going well, but now Mark is really overwhelmed and he's starting to bottle things up and not letting her help. He was so ready to be married and now she just thinks that he's taking on too much. Then they kind of flip to uh, a scene where Mark is making pizzas with Lindsay's friends. He asked them for advice on how to ask her to change her tone and not say things in a public setting. <laughs> Our friends say to reel Lindsay in, all he has to do is communicate how it makes him feel and don't tell her she's wrong. Just be open. I don't know what to think about this. <laughs> like they really they really know what's going on but there's like no good advice on how to deal with this whatsoever <laughs> exactly it's just like just make the best of it yeah all right <laughs> please take her off our hands <laughs> that part so back with Lindsay, she's asking if there's anything they want to tell her about mark and her the friend says that to tell her the truth like if they were dating she would warn Lindsay that Mark moves too fast and wants to be together forever, but she's already got that since they're married. Lindsay says that it seems to her that in the past he's been he has been someone's option, but not someone's choice. But she's not like that. She's ride or die. He will always he always wants to take care of others, so he's having a hard time having someone take care of him. They go back to Mark. The friend uh, continues to tell him that he has to voice what makes him uncomfortable, especially because, oh, especially before they go into a public situation. Mark says he doesn't know her that well, so that's why he doesn't say anything. The friend says that if you bottle it up, you're only going to explode and get mad and maybe say something you'll regret. And that's where their scene by themselves kind of ends. But we have much, much more in this group outing. Oh boy. Had you ever heard of candles? What is it? Candle, candle pin bowl? candle pin bowling. I Googled it because I was like, what is this bowling? I've never seen it. But apparently it's only in New England. It's not anywhere else in the region. Well, I mean out of that region. That explains why we have no idea what it is. Yeah. I was like, this what is this little tiny bowling? <laughs> okay. So I'm but not yeah. crazy. I was like, You're I've not never crazy. heard of this before. No, not like uh disc golf. <laughs> that's very popular throughout the united states okay <laughs> candle pin bowling it's only you say so i never heard <laughs> no, that shit <laughs> 
So they are all candle pin bowling. Mark asks if anyone has been in a bowling league. Did you see this coming? Jasmina has been in a bowling league? Okay. <laughs> Something to do. I guess so. And Mark has trophies. So apparently he's pretty good at bowling. But it's been a while. In an ITM, Noy says she's still upset about their disagreement, and it's hard putting on a good face. In another ITM, Steve says he feels like they're the shining example of what marriage should be, uh, but they have their problems too, but they choose not to share them with the other couples. So I remember we talked about this with Gil, where he was telling everybody all their business, mm -hmm. and then people were getting, I was like, oh no, that's one thing you don't do when you're married, is tell everybody your business. Yeah. But now that I'm, and then everybody would get after me, I guess, at least on Reddit, a lot of people got after me about saying, like, keep your business your business, because this is the whole point of the experience and sharing with all the other couples, you know, all the growing pains of marriage and whatnot. And I guess I can kind of see that in this situation, because it's very clear that Noi wants someone to commiserate with and, you know, share what's going on with their, their marriage, but they're both keeping it super private and boring, which is interesting and boring, <laughs> but you know, little do they know it's going to be on TV. Hello. <laughs> Might as well share. True. <laughs> it's going to come out sooner or later. Yeah. Noodlegate. Um, so yeah. So then there's like a whole montage of everyone bowling and having fun. Olajuwon says he might be in a league now and he wants Katina to go and support him and wave pom-poms and she looks at him like pom-poms. That's not going to happen, <laughs> but she'll have a sign. And then the group is wondering, I'm putting that in air quotes, where Alyssa and Chris are. This seems like so staged, like, where is Chris and Alyssa? I have no idea. Like they don't talk to each other outside of this building. So dumb. <laughs> right. Like on After Party, they say they talk to each other every day. Yeah. So, yeah, this is all staged. Fluff. Yeah. So Lindsay shares with the group that Mark had his first taco and everybody is just flabbergasted at that. So he didn't even have a taco in Puerto Rico? <laughs> no, because they had burgers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and Jasmine says, look at your wife introducing you to things. Mark has Mark eyes at this point and says, yeah, she's always just sticking things in my mouth. <laughs> Steve asks if he if he is blindfolded when she does this to him. And then Lindsay, of course, makes it awkward and nasty and says, yeah, then we can take it to the bedroom. And everybody kind of cringes, including Katina. Katina makes a Katina face. In an ITM, Katina says that Lindsay is always inappropriate. Read the room and see that no one cares. <laughs> Not wrong. Not at all. At this point, Jasmina asks the group how everyone is doing and if they like their apartments. Katina says that Elijah never leaves the seat up. Noi says she doesn't know how what that feels like. Did you hear that? Like it was mm -hmm. like real quick and real like under the table, but she's, she she mm -hmm. threw Steve up on the bus there. Uh, Lindsay says Mark leaves the seat up thirty percent of the time, but he disagrees. Steve asks if they want the seat down for sanitary reasons or what, and Lindsay interrupts him. As the nurse and safety officer, she has a real bone to pick with this situation. Jasmina then interjects and interrupts her and says, you know, Steve was asking a question, so can you settle down over there? <laughs> and she sits down all like bashful and stuff. But Steve asks again, you know, if it's for sanitary reason or is it because you're going to sit down, like a female is going to use it next. And Katina and Jasmina both agree that they just don't want to fall into the toilet. Apparently, Jasmina has fallen into many a toilet. 
Lindsay says her first thought is poop spray. And then there's an awkward, awkward silence. And Jasmina just says, all right, cool. <laughs> it's very, very awkward. And Chris and Alyssa arrive just in time for this. In an ITM, Michael is such a chismoso because he cannot wait to hear all about Chris and Alyssa. <laughs> he feels like Alyssa has given, hasn't given Chris a fair shot whatsoever. He isn't sure how or if their relationship has progressed since they last saw them. In an ITM with Chris, he says that it's not going to be easy to share with the group that they're divorcing. Lindsay asks how everybody's visit with Pastor Cal went. Elijah says that he learned how to talk with someone and not at someone out of respect. It is his wife after all. Katina says he's gotten a lot better. Pastor Cal says that Pastor Cal says he has to watch how he talks to her, basically. But he didn't have a single thing to say about Katina. And Lindsay mutters under her breath, well, that says a lot, which doesn't it? I don't understand what her comment meant. <laughs> Alyssa says, because Katina's the best. And Katina says, yeah, I am the best. You better believe it, girl. I'm pretty sure, uh, what's her face? Uh, Lindsay rolled her eyes over this I'm period sure of time. Yeah. So it's interesting uh, what happens next. And I thought she said that after, that Lindsay commented after Katina said she was the best, not before. No, it was before. Mm, it was that. before because she said, uh, yeah, because I, I, I watched it twice. And uh, m- maybe she meant it like uh, as a dig to a lodge one because she said that mm. Pastor Cow didn't have anything to say about uh, Katina. Well, that says a lot like your husband's trash. I don't know. But it was definitely uh-huh. before before that. And nonetheless, yeah, she was just trying to be snarky. Yeah. In an ITM, Jasmina says that she loves Katina and Olajuwon. They're great together. They're not funny at all, but they find each other funny, and that's what matters. They're those people? Yeah, they're those people. <laughs> Jasmina says that Pastor Cal came to them and ripped them a new asshole and basically said to leave things in the past and start fresh. And since they've done that, it's been fine. Have you noticed that Jasmina, that's how she describes their marriage? It's fine. <laughs> no. it, is. It, it just it just is. Yeah. Lindsay says that she read something a long time ago that you can't have intimacy with someone until you've had conflict with them first. Because when you have conflict, you learn how to resolve and respect each other's boundaries. And then you can have intimacy. Katina then makes another Katina face. Lindsay catches this and asks why Katina keeps rolling her eyes. Katina tells her that she's not going to argue with her again on camera. You know not to talk to me. Stay over there. Olajuwon tells Katina not to let her get amped up by this. Mark also tells Lindsay, we don't need an argument today. And then Chris says, that's okay. We can just move on. And ITM Mark says it's awkward when Lindsay is outspoken to people and starts a fight. It's super uncomfortable. At this point, Chris says, you or me to Alyssa. And she says, you. Chris tells them that Pastor Carl came and when they talked it over, they decided to get a divorce. Chris says, not being together lands on maximum happiness for both of them. In an ITM, Steve says he can't say that he didn't see this coming, but it's definitely a wake-up call since he and his wife had just had a big fight. It's a reality check for him and this could very well happen to him and Noi if they don't work on their problems. And then Alyssa says something. I didn't even write it down because she says the same things over and over. She tried real hard, yada, yada, yada. And she starts crying and everyone is making faces and being super I like awkward. that she didn't start crying until like nobody, she said what she had to say and nobody said anything. <laughs> so then she started fake crying. Yes. 
Like, get <laughs> out of here. Elijah is having none of it. I, in ITM, he says that for her to say she put an effort like everyone else is bullshit. Chris put his whole heart in it and he just feels bad for him. Chris says that he loves everyone and he wants to, he wants to see them go four for four. Cheers. They all toast and have a, a, a drink. In ITM, Lindsay says that she was surprised that Alyssa stayed for the honeymoon since she was never in it. But the weather is nicer in Puerto Rico than it is in Boston. Burn. After this, all the girls are snacking. The guys start bowling again. And then this whole big production happens with Mark and Lindsay. Lindsay asks Mark, what's up? Because his whole demeanor has changed at this point. He says he didn't like the way she spoke to Katina. She asks if she shouldn't have said what she said. And he says no, because it makes everything awkward. She shouldn't do that given their history together. She she then asks Mark who he's there for. And he says you. She asks what she did to to upset him. Katina acted like a child and rolled her eyes and guffaw at her. I've never heard of that word, guffaw. Really? <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I looked it up. I was like, oh, that's a fun word. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something in the common vernacular, so fun word. Anyway, Mari says, yeah, you said, why are you rolling your eyes? That tone is going to piss her off, and you know that. And Lindsay says she doesn't care. Mark says that he has told her that he doesn't like when she does the do the, she doesn't like when she does this because it makes him uncomfortable. She says she doesn't like to brush things under the rug. Mark says, "Okay, but this is a team, and if you can't get that, this is not going to work." Lindsay says that she's been on his team throughout all of his fucking chaos. She had to put the hazmat suit on and give up a whole day of work, and is that not a team for him? He says, that's the past. And she said, yeah, well, I'm talking about right now. And he's just done with it at this point. And Mark walks off. And she, as he's walking away, she says, yeah, go call your mom and see if she can let you in tonight. It just, I hate when she starts talking about his mom because she knows this is like a sore subject. And it's just like a yep. super bad dig. This whole part was just like, I was so uncomfortable. The whole time it was happening. Yeah. It was so, like this fight this was, was bad. Really bad. And in like public, yeah. public. Even if like they say yes on decision day or whatever, and then they go back and watch this, it's going to like, it's going to be really bad. Yeah. Well, she says that. And then Mark says, okay, have another drink. Cause he knows that the more she drinks, the more she gets like this. So he walks off. He says he can't do this anymore in an ITM. Mark says that she can't let go of things. She can't bury the hatchet. She can't not say things. He feels like she should just walk away, but she never does. This isn't what he wants in a wife, and he can't fall in love with that. Chris then comes and checks on Mark. He tells Chris that it's super awkward to start something with someone who already has beef with her, and it's, that makes it even worse. Chris says it's an impulse control thing. You, you got to, you have to pick and choose your battles. And she picks it every time she picks the battles. The, and then they cut back to Lindsay. She's in the bathroom. The producer goes and checks on her. She tells her she's done. Her husband's an idiot. She's sorry that he's not a strong man because his life is in crisis. She's accepted him for all his laws. And real talk, he only makes 60 grand a year selling gym memberships. Okay, little boy, let me teach you how to be a big badass bitch. I was like, 60 grand is pretty decent. <laughs> Not in Boston. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was like, 60 grand is pretty good. But yeah, 60 grand in Texas is way different than 
Boston. Wow. Yeah, okay. like I think they said like poverty is forty six. Really? Wow. Yeah, like to be doing all right, you need to be at least a hundred. Wow. But either way, to put his business out there, she knows very well that she's mic'd up. She, I don't know, and he, and she also knows like this is a sore subject for him too. We've already seen him kind of uh, feel insecure about how much he makes compared to her because she is a nurse. So then they cut back to Mark, who says she gets like this after having a few drinks. It heightens her confidence, and he feels like the whole group can feel it, and they have felt it the whole night. They're pissed because she just won't shut up. (laughs) Chris asks if he talked to Pastor Cal about this, and he says, yeah. And Pastor Cal thinks that Mark is afraid to talk to her, and he's not afraid. He just knows it's going to start a fight, and that's why he just doesn't say anything. He's always in this awkward situation where he's trying to get to know her, but he can't catch feelings because she's just how she is. <laughs> another, at this point, another producer goes into the bathroom to try and talk Lindsay um, to come out of the bathroom. She said she's not going out. She hates her husband. She's sick of dealing with his bullshit. He's a pathetic loser. And she's all in until she's out. And when she's out, she'll never come back. Tell me another wife who would be supporting him with all his bullshit. It ain't Alyssa. (laughs) Dang. So back with Mark, he says she's doing great things, trying to be nurturing towards him. But they have very different personalities. And back in the bathroom, Lindsay yells, I hazmatted suit on your fucking infested apartment. Because you don't have your shit together. I was like, that doesn't, grammatically, Lindsay's not the best, but that's a quote. (laughs) But Mark can hear this. She's yelling this and Mark can hear it from where he's sitting on the staircase from all the way from the bathroom she's at. She says that the least he can do is make her come. All she needs is an orgasm and he wants to pull back because he's not emotional right now. Why? Because you got small balls? I was like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, stop talking producer then says you know there's good in mark he's a good guy she says he does she can't see that right now he has pushed her so far have fun living in your roach infested apartment with your fucking income i'm going to back to south boston with my good life and have fun i don't need you why don't you go back to your mama Mm-mm. and that's how it ended that alone is reason enough to say no because if you're willing to get that down and dirty get that down and dirty over an argument also over over something like okay if i were lindsay and katina rolled her eyes at me i would have a hard time not saying something and i would be really pissed if my husband didn't have my back but i have a long history with my husband you know and she does not and she doesn't have a long history with katina either so i i kind of see both sides where she wants her husband to back her up 100% because she's been in all ride and die, you know. She's worn the hazmat suit. She feels like she's all in. And Mark is not there. So I, I feel where she would be hurt. But for her to be so gross and air all his business out, um, even if the cameras weren't on her saying this to two other people outside of their marriage, is more than uh, surface level argument stuff that all the other couples share, you know. This is like deep secrets that only, not deep secrets, but intimate details of their married life that they are sharing with two other people who are not in their marriage, the two producers, right? So on top of that, she is miked. And now she's sharing all their intimate details with the world. It's just not cool whatsoever. 
And this isn't the first time. When they got in that fight in Puerto Rico, she was talking about how he messed up the toilet and was farting and burping, like all this kind yes. of, like, why are you saying this? And yes. that was just the two of them. But she's just saying whatever she can to embarrass him. So this is a pattern now and a blazing red flag. Really disgusting behavior. And I was like, you could probably tell I was having a hard time just saying it out loud because <laughs> it's just so awkward. Yeah. It made me so embarrassed for him. Ugh. But yeah, I hope they don't stay together for decision day because it's it's really bad. And again, this was like a fight about something pretty minor. What would happen? Yeah, this was a legit serious fight about something big. Yeah, that's a good point. And if they can't find common ground in this, you know, he already said he can't catch feelings because she acts crazy. But say he did catch feelings. How would they even like parent together, manage a household together? Because you know she's going to hold her income over him I don't know. all the time. It's just a disaster. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see how this ends. And I would like to know too, was there more in that conversation as far as the her and Katina? Because it didn't really seem like they were talking about anything. For Katina to say, you know, you're not supposed to talk to me. I'm not trying to argue with you on camera. <laughs> like, was there something else that she was saying that she was trying to pick an argument beyond? What was she even talking about before that? Oh, that stupid, you need to have conflict. Yeah, she was just quoting how Lindsay does. She she tries to talk in, in quotes and Instagram posts, you know, and um, Katina just wasn't having it and rolled her eyes. But I can't say I wouldn't do that. I would definitely call it, if I already had a beef with somebody <laughs> and they were rolling eyes at me, I I probably would do the same thing. But um, but I'm also not an obnoxious slob like Lindsay. At least I don't think I am. No, <laughs> I could not tolerate a Lindsay. <laughs> but you know what I mean. That's another thing. I don't think I have would have a, a lot of people rolling their eyes at me like that yeah, on no, purpose. No, I couldn't tolerate a Lindsay. I'm definitely a Katina. Like my thieves <laughs> does not lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Katina didn't call her out before that, but I, I know she's not trying to start a fight. So exactly, so, mm, it's a hot mess. But that's the episode. Um, do you want to talk about after party a little bit? Uh, yeah. So this week they had Chris, Katina, and Steve on as guests. Um, the first thing they talked about was Steve's employment, the whole unemployed versus self-employed, because they did mm-hmm. make that switch this week when talking about it and you know like we've been saying steve says he's fine he's maintaining his apartment he's able to keep the lights on he can afford his groceries he's able to take her on dates he doesn't see what the big deal is um they also asked chris what he thinks because we know he's a realtor and so he's kind of in a similar position where you're you know if you don't sell a house you don't get paid uh and chris tells us that actually he did the exact same thing steve did a few years ago He was working in education at the time. He got laid off from his job and took it as an opportunity to travel across the Northeast and into Canada. He was living out of his SUV, basically. He said, you know, he had savings. He had a good severance package when he got laid off. So it wasn't a big deal to take time off for himself. And Chris brings up what we've talked about before, that the audience might might not understand his job Mm -hmm. and what exactly that is. And how much you can actually make in that role. It's a very in-demand job in its tech industry. So Steve was making good money. Like (laughs) good money. And it's not like he's living out of his car because he's forced to and he can't pay his bills and is destitute. 
no, it's a choice. He wanted to, you know, be one with the earth or whatever. <laughs> so that's what he did. It's a yeah. conscious decision. It's not like he was forced into it. Um, so then they talk about Noodlegate and Keisha's like, like, we're all questioning, was this about <laughs> noodles? What was really going on here? And Steve says it was, but it wasn't. If she was clearly mad about something else, but he doesn't know what, because she never communicated to him what that yeah. anger was about. Like we said before, he didn't even know she was mad like that until she left. And then he didn't really know for real till she was like yeah. ghosting him and then come back to the next day. And that's kind of where he leaped like to this day, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. She was just mad and never said why. Uh, so Noodlegate <laughs> remains a mystery to us all. And maybe Noi will come back and uh, explain. <laughs> That's what Keisha said. She's like, we need to get Noi on next because I have some questions. Um, then they talk to Katina about Olajuwon and her friend's apprehension. They show the clip of her and Ariana talking about her being the first black chick. Uh, and in the little, you know, they do the mm-hmm. little picture in the picture. Um, you can see like Katina is like, mm-hmm. she has to laugh at herself, basically. Uh, when it goes back to them in the studio, Keisha asks her what she's thinking when she's looking back at the clip and Katina admits that she sounds <laughs> dumb. She's like, yeah, this was not the <laughs> right answer. <laughs> Which I'm glad that she could recognize that she was like caping too much in the whole situation. Um, but then she confirms what we said before. He's slept with black women, but never been in a relationship. Uh, so... She understands why her friends were, you know, side eyeing him about it. Uh, Keisha says that as a black woman herself, she understands uh, that, you know, hearing a black man say he doesn't date black women is a red flag. But to Olajuwon's defense, like you were saying earlier, it doesn't sound like he's dated anyone seriously in the past. Um, He's just, you know, going around Boston, hitting it and quitting it. With anyone. So So this potentially is his first serious relationship period which also to me is a giant red flag your marriage should not be your first right well (laughs) not in this scenario um then uh keisha asks is it common for people to not have a great first impression of him and katina again like she said in the episode says he has a big personality either you like him or you don't so keisha asks steve and chris what their first impression was of him uh steve says that Upon the first time he met Olajuwon was when they first um, met all all the guys met together for a drink. And he said that Olajuwon was the last one to show up and he came in and it was just like very high energy. Like instantly the, there was a shift in the dynamic of the group. Like he's here, like (laughs) everybody hold on. So that left Steve thinking like, okay, is this guy going to be a lot? Like what is going on here? But he says that, Actually, once they started talking, you know, getting to know each other, he's actually really thoughtful and caring. Um, Then Steve also says that a memory that sticks out to him was at the bachelor party. Um, You know, Steve's of a certain age, like some of us, (laughs) where he's not trying to be doing shots and shit all night. Um, So they're, you know, at the bachelor party, they're trying to do shots and all that. And Steve is, you know, basically turning it down because he's not into that anymore. And instead of trying to pressure Steve into it, Olajuwon says, you know, well, we're still celebrating. Come on. You're... He was really trying to make sure that he felt included. Mm-hmm. And right. Um, even though he wasn't drinking, he still wanted him to be part of, you know, what was going on. 
Um, Chris says, as far as his first impression, he met Olajuwon before they knew they were going to be matched. So I'm guessing they like ran into each other, ran into each other during like the matchmaking yeah. process, maybe coming in and out of an interview or something like that. The casting he said process, had really. <laughs> right. Uh, he says that they, you know, had a chance to chat it up. And Chris thought he was a really nice guy. So when they had that drink at the first meeting, he said he hoped the fifth guy that came was the guy that he met during casting. And he was happily surprised that Olajuwon was the person that showed up. Um, he says that Olajuwon brings a lot of enthusiasm and positivity. So they both think he's great. Um, Keisha asked Katina about like her other family and friends, if, what they think of him. And Katina says that despite what we saw at the wedding, her mom <laughs> likes him. So that's something. That's yeah. what counts. That's who counts the yeah. most. Um, then they talked to Chris a little bit about his situation. Um, he says that one of his friends warned him right out the gate that Alyssa was going to be trouble <laughs> because she spent the first five minutes of their wedding like ignoring him. Like immediately upon coming out, she was talking about how it was production's fault that they were running late. She was trying to fix her hair and fix her makeup, like all being totally distracted by everything else around her instead of focusing on her husband, her husband and the man in front of her. Right. What's supposed to be happening. Um, They ask him what he thought about the episode. And he says that he thought it was interesting that when there was a scene where Alyssa met with her friend and they talk about the whole situation and her friend who has never met Chris and does not know Chris at all, said, maybe it's you (laughs) that's the problem, Alyssa. (laughs) So, you know, that's interesting that this person who knows nothing about me has the inkling to think you're the one messing this up. So that says a lot to him. Um, They talk about whether Alyssa's perspective could change after seeing the episodes back. Chris doesn't (laughs) think so. He thinks that she truly believes that she worked hard in this process but he says the reason that is is because she was working on the wrong thing she was trying to get through the experiment as friends but that's not what it is you're supposed to be married so yes you were trying to make it work but that's not the point um he says that he wasn't surprised that she tried to flip the whole decision day onto him so she could be the one saying that he decided yeah. to get a divorce. It wasn't my decision. It was all him. But he was just mad. Like she, he knew she was mad that he wasn't going to play along and they were going to get a divorce at the yeah. end of the day. Um, they ask about their contact now. And Chris says once they got back from the honeymoon, he finally had her phone number. Um, he says in entirety, he's maybe text her five times. Like the lifetime of their text message uh, thread could fit on one screen. <laughs> and they have not talked since that decision day at all Um, oh and then they talk a little bit about um the mark and Lindsay Mm -hmm. fight and they ask chris his opinion and if he was surprised by all of this and he says no because it's happened so many times apparently he's like their point of contact anytime something goes wrong both of them reach out to really oh yes so he's seen that they (laughs) are like i guess oil and water how annoying yeah so he, yeah, is not very hopeful about the future or about what the resolution yeah. is going to be with this fight. But yeah, that's after party for you. Okay. All right. Well, next week should be interesting. Looks like Lindsay and Mark are being cool again in the next episode. Uh, Alyssa and Chris are done, done, done this time. We won't see them again. And um, poor Katina is in tears. So we'll see what manifests out of that. But it should be interesting. Indeed. All right. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us as we cover Married at First Sight season 14. Uh, if you would like to follow us on social media, we are on Instagram at Cheese McQueen's Podcast and on Twitter at Cheese McQueen's. Igby Live tweets the episodes on Wednesday, so be sure to join her over there on Twitter. If you have any cheese men, make sure you DM us with all that hot tea. We'd love it. We love it, love it, love it. And please rate, subscribe, review, and share the podcast so we can find uh, other cheesemosas and other cheesemosas can find us. And that's it. You got anything else, Igby? I'm done. (laughs) Okay. Bye. You know what we didn't do? We did not say the name of the We episode. didn't. What's the episode title, Igby? Do you know it? Yes. Striking a Balance. Well, Striking a Balance is done. We have just covered it. We hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Bye. See ya. <laughs>